The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. I'm glad you're here this morning. I hope you're glad to be here. And uh, probably most of y'all are some type of country music fans. Uh, But whether you are or whether you're not a uh, country music fan, uh, you have to admit they have some good titles. To their songs. I wrote a few down. Some of them you've probably heard of according to your age. Uh, if you're pretty young, you may not have heard of any of them. Uh, May the Bird of Paradise fly up your nose. <laughs> uh, may your wife be plagued with runners in her hose. May the elephant crash you with his toes. <laughs> uh, I got my education out behind the barn. (laughs) Thank God and Greyhound, she's gone. (laughs) I got the hungries for your love, and I'm waiting in your welfare line. (laughs) Uh, Now, here's a new one. I got tears in my, not in my beer, okay? Now, there is, I got tears in my beer from crying for you, dear. But I got tears in my ears. Uh, while lying on my back thinking about you. (laughs) Uh, How can I miss you if you won't go away? Uh, I keep forgetting I forgot about you. Uh, If the phone don't ring, baby, you know it's not me, or you know it's me. Uh, I like this one. You're the reason our kids are ugly. (laughs) That was uh, Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn. Uh... And I bet y'all hadn't heard of this, but my kids have help. I'm white, and I can't get down. (laughs) That's a song about dancing. (laughs) And uh, you know in all of those, there's got to be a story behind those songs somewhere. There's another great country song title, and uh, it's a story behind it, and it's about George Jones. And uh, George Jones... Music icon, I imagine probably everybody pretty much here has heard of George Jones. He's from the old school. And uh, a lot of his songs were cheating and drinking songs. Uh, and the fact that George had a drinking problem, that's no secret. You know, he, he even got the uh, nickname of No Show Jones because he wouldn't show up at his concerts sometimes. He'd be passed out or whatever. But on March the 6th, 1999... Uh, there was a horrible accident, and country music fans, they all uh, just waited to see what happened. George Jones was critically injured in a, a car crash. He was driving a Lexus, and he crashed it into a bridge in Nashville. And uh, they weren't sure if he was going to live. He was drunk at the wheel uh, after they did some investigations. Thankfully, he recovered. A few months after that, he let go of a new album called The Cold Hard Truth. And on that album was a title song or a hit song, and the name of it was Choices. And the key line or the hook line in that song is, I'm living and dying with the choices I've made. Let's listen to that. Y'all have heard that song, ain't you? It has, that's got a good meaning to it, don't it? It's got, a good, it's got a good message, and if you think about what it says, he said, you know, I was tempted at an early age, and I made choices, and 
I had family and friends that tried to help me, and I had choices. And if I could go back and do things different, I'd run. But today I'm living and dying with the choices I made. If you uh, remember, George died uh, last year, I think it was, and uh, I was Denise and I had went to a concert just a few weeks before he died. And uh, I remember listening and talking to our the uh, funeral, the preacher talking about uh, George Jones, and he had made a change in his life. And at this concert, he even... Uh, got up and talked about his his choice that he had made to, to accept Christ and to follow Christ. Uh, so his choices, living and dying, yeah, they caused him probably an early grave uh, without question, but uh, he did understand, and I think that song's a good reminder, that we do make choices. And our choices, so often we, we live and die with those choices. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning uh, we're going to talk about the choices as we navigate life, some of our choices. This week, uh, I just got this on my mind, and I, I couldn't get it off of it. I, I just kept thinking about how much our choices affect our life every day, our choices. And all of us have choices. And, and as we think about this and we think about some of the choices, I've written some down this morning. We're going to go through rather quickly But the first thing I want you to understand is this. God gave us a gift of choice. Now, if you think about it, the only thing that separates us from any other creation that God made, anything else that God made, the the one thing that separates us is choice. We have the ability, we have the, the means to make thoughtful, intelligent, decision-making choices. Now, I'm not saying we always make thoughtful, intelligent decisions, but we have that ability. Any of the rest of God's creation doesn't have that ability to make intellectual, thoughtful choices. And you say, well, you know, there's uh, everything has ability to choose. You put two kinds of food out there. Uh, the dog's going to choose what he likes best. Well, that's not an intelligent a, a thoughtful choice. It, it's just simply, if, it, if that's all that's out there, they're going to eat it, especially if they live around my house. I mean, they're going to get one kind, and they're going to eat, or they're going to store. So they got that choice. But, but for us, we have a gift from God, and I think it's important for us to understand that and remember that. When we start talking about uh, being saved, and people say, you know, how could God let this happen or let that happen, and, and I don't understand. Well, a lot of time it goes back to our choices, See, God gave us a choice. He gives us a choice to follow Him. If He made us all where we're going to follow God no matter what, what do we become? We just become a robot. We just become someone who who is serving God because we were created that way. And God wants us to make a choice to serve Him, an intellectual, a thoughtful decision that, hey, I'm going to follow Him. So, So what sets us apart... From the very first in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they had a choice. And God came to them and He told them in Genesis 2.16, you can eat from any tree in the garden except one, and He gave them that choice. And from that very beginning of time, before they made the, the terrible choice, the bad choice, they were using what God had given them to make choices. If you go and look at Genesis 2.19... 
God told uh, Adam, he said, I want you to name all the animals. And, and uh, I can just imagine what that must have been like. Uh, Adam sitting there and these animals parading by. And, and uh, Adam would think about it and he would look at them and he would say, I'm going to call this animal a certain thing and this animal a certain thing. He was using his mind. He was making decisions. And, and we need to understand that. I hope we won't leave here today not really thinking about the, the great gift we have in a choice. And, and the thing is, it's our choice. It's not your parents, it's not your husband, it's not your wife's, it's not your, your in-laws or your relatives. Every one of us has an ability and a gift to make our own choices. So a lot of times we see people that are in trouble or, or have some kind of problem in their life and, and they start blaming everybody else, don't they? Well, I was in this environment, I was raised here, I did this, I grew up this way. And it boils down to they made a choice. Now, of course, their background may affect that choice some way, but it comes right down to it that each one of us makes our own choices. And there's some choices that are, uh, that are fairly insignificant. We make hundreds of them every day. Uh, just getting out of bed, that's a choice. But some of, the, some of those little small decisions like McDonald's or Jack in the Box or Taco Bell or, or some of those little choices like that, paper or plastic. You know, I went to the grocery store the other day and they asked me if I wanted paper or plastic. How long's it been since you were asked that? I went, I didn't even know how to answer it because, you know, I, I, did, I said, uh, paper or plastic, it's fine. Either one's fine with me, you know. So I got two bags in paper and two in plastic. That's true. That was in Brookshire's in Sulphur Springs. But those little choices... You know, we, we just make all kinds. This morning, think of all the choices you've already made. Just when you woke up and your feet hit the floor this morning, you began making choices. And, and a lot of them are just little insignificant choices. Then there's those choices that impact our lives greatly. Those, those big choices. Those choices that we live and die with. And before Israel, the children of Israel, went into the promised land, we've been talking about Moses over the fa- past few weeks, Listen to the message that Moses delivered to his people. Now, this is Deuteronomy chapter 13, and I don't think I got it on our overhead this morning, but Deuteronomy 30, Deuteronomy 30 in verse 19 and 20 says, This is Moses talking to the children of Israel. He said, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings, And I call on heaven and earth to witness the choices that you make today. And oh, that you would choose life, that you and your descendants might live, and that you would choose to love the Lord your God and obey Him and His commitment to you, for He is your life. Then you will live long in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. So as the Israelites begin to move into the new land, Moses said to them, you have some choices. And you have a choice today between life and between death, between blessings and between curses. I would say this morning, if if we just didn't know this story, we would say, well, of course they chose life. Of course they chose blessings, but they didn't. <laughs> That's the thing. Moses had told them all of God's commandments and said, Hey, this is what God wants for you. This is the direction He has for you. And, and today you have choice to make. 
And, and they chose not to follow God, and they chose death, and because of that, they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. Because of that, a whole generation died off and didn't get to move into the promised land because they made the choice not to have God, and they made the choice not to have blessings. So we think about that there's some, there's some big choices, literally choosing life, choosing wholeness, choosing closeness to the God who made us, who redeemed us. We make those choices daily. <coughs> Excuse me. So some of our choices are big ticket choices. These are just kind of no-brainer choices that we make. Now, I don't mean they're no-brainer in that we don't give them some thought. I mean they're just things that you would say, yeah, I've already thought about that. I mean, we've already kind of made some of those choices. The, the general major choices of our lives, number one, and I'm not giving these in any certain order, number one is what kind of work am I going to do? You know, we kind of make that choice. I was at a graduation Friday night, and uh, there, were, there was 120 or 30 kids graduating from Pilot Point, and uh, they had, you know, this is so-and-so, and they're going to so-and-so college, and this is so-and-so, and they're going into the workforce. And this is so-and-so, and they're going to start a job at this place. And then this is so-and-so, and he hadn't decided yet. <laughs> and everybody laughed, you know. And I've kind of felt bad for that guy. I'm like, man, I, I ain't sure I decided when I got out of high school either, you know. And uh, I was just excited about getting out of high school. I wasn't worried about what's happened afterwards. But, but two or three people after that, it was undecided. Undecided, but, but what kind of work am I going to do? What college am I going to do? What university? What training program? Those are some big choices. And those are choices that, that we make. You know, it, it's amazing to me. It used to be when you, when you took a job somewhere. I worked for Texas Power and Light when I, when I started working, and, and now I'm with Encore, and it's the same company, and I've been there 33 years. And when I got on, I never thought about leaving. I mean, I, I finally got on. I was there. Things have changed, didn't it? Some people, they'll get a job, and they'll work there a few months or maybe a few years. I had a guy come in Friday, been there three years. We just nearly got him topped out. He walked in and said, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. He shut the door. I knew something was up. If they come in and shut the door, something's up. He shut the door, and he said, I'm resigning. Giving a two-week notice. I said, what? He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to another place to work. And I, I, his name was Matt. I said, Matt, man, you're, you're about topped out. You know, you nearly made it. And he goes, I know, but I'd just rather go down there and work. And, and uh, he handed me a letter of resignation. I asked him to write a letter of resignation. He wrote it out and handed it to me. And, and things are different these days. You know, there's not that, that ideal that, that I make this choice and it's a lifelong choice. I'm not saying that's good or it's bad, but, but we make those kind of choices. And they really do impact... The rest of our lives, he made an, he has, that, that choice had an impact. He, he's going to a different town. He's going to a different place. That had an impact. Who am I going to marry? That's a big decision, isn't it? Man, we had so many weddings this year. It's just unbelievable. And I'm sure some that, that you have that I don't know about and some that I have that you don't know about. But there's, there's more weddings this, this spring and then through the summer and into the fall than, than I've ever been a part of at this church. And in 20 years, I've never seen this many people getting married. And that, that's a good thing, but that's a big, that's a big ticket item. And, and if you think back about that decision... It impacted your life, don't you? And I just wonder if, if, 
every person in this room have maybe wondered, what if I married someone else? At this point, you can go ahead and elbow that person beside you and say, I know that's what you're thinking. But, and, uh, and I'm not going to ask, are you living or dying with that choice? That's, that's not a good one to ask, but, but think about the huge impact that that choice made on your life. And especially for Christians, it's a huge choice. Folks, I want you to listen to this. If you're not married and you're tuning in and tuning out this morning, I want you to listen to what the Bible says about this. You may say, I'm crazy, and I may be, but I want you to listen to what God's Word has to say about it. God's Word says, Christians, when you begin to make a choice about who you're going to marry, don't be unequally yoked. You know what that means? Don't marry somebody that's an atheist and you're a Christian. You're not equally yoked. There's going to be problems. Can you survive them? Maybe. But do you want to marry someone and spend eternity in heaven and them spend eternity in hell because they don't believe in the God you believe in? That's what the Bible says. And and when we begin to make those decisions, when we make those choices, we need to think those things out. And I think that's important for us to understand this. In the Old Testament, Joshua, he, he made this choice. Listen to what he says. He says, but if you're willing to serve the Lord, then choose this day who you'll serve. If you prefer to serve the God that your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or if you prefer to choose the gods of the Amorites in the lands where you're now living, choose them. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. See, Joshua made a choice for he and for his family. And folks, when you're 17 or 16 or 15 or 19 or 20 and you begin to look around and you begin to make a choice of who you're going to marry, that needs to be a choice that we realize that's a huge choice. That's something that's going to affect the rest of our lives. You're choosing a person, listen, that you want to be with the rest of your life. Somebody go, Come on, be brave. Go. That's a big choice, isn't it? I'm going to choose this person, and I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. Another pretty big decision is, is where am I going to live? Where, where am I going to live? What, what am I going to do when I, when I get out of college, when I get married? Where, where, where am I going to live? And, and you know, those are choices we think about. Where, where most of us, I think, around here, we, we want to live here, but sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes our job causes us to move. And when you think about the schools and the politics and the churches and and all of those things, they all add up together when we think about where we're going to live. And let me give you an example of that. You remember the story about Lot? Lot stood there with Abraham, and and Abraham said, Lot, I'm going to give you a choice of where to go. You can go live here or you can go live here. The choice is yours. And Abraham, I mean, and Lot looked around and he saw a barren desert in one area and he saw this lush green area and, and another area on these plains and he said, you know what, I want to take that lush green area. I'm gonna, I want to move over and I want to journey east and I want to I go where all these things are. You know what was also there? Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose to go east. And go towards this lush green pastures. And and you know what else he chose? Not only did he chose to go that direction. He chose to move in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah. A place where where there was sin. A place that was evil. 
And if you go and read that story in Genesis chapter 13, you realize it affected his family. It affected his, his decisions that he made, affected everything about him. And if you remember that story when the Lord came and said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because the evil is there, only two survived, Lot. Not only two. Lot and his wife left. And what happened? His wife turned and looked and was turned into a pillar of salt. Remember that? Just that handful of people escaped there. The Sunday school teacher was telling that story and and uh, the Sunday school teacher said, Lot's wife turned and became a pillar of salt. And a little boy held his hand up and said, well, my mom turned and hit a power pole. <laughs> well, <clears throat> might have missed that a little bit in that teaching. But, but those choices we make, and we can sit here today and say, oh, you know, that's a lot. But I want you to think about the, the choices we make. And, and I hope what you leave here today with is this. There's choices that affect not only our life on earth, but there's choices that affect all of eternity. Major choices for believers, and I'm going to move quickly. The first is this, will I live a life of obedience or self-will? Now, if you're a Christian today, I want you to think about that choice you make. Am I going to live a life of obedience? And incidentally, that, that word is something we don't even like. Nobody likes to be told to be obedient from the time we're a child. But am I going to live a life of obedience or a life of self-willed? Am I going to have, if I want to live an ethical, honest worker at work? Am I going to live that, that lifestyle that I'm not going to cut a corner every chance I get, but, but I'm going to work as though I'm working for the Lord? Am I, going to be, am I going to honor my spouse? Am I going to keep my vows? Am I going to keep that commitment that I made to my husband and to my wife? Or am I going to live a self-centered life? See the difference there? Am I going to live my life God's way, obedience, or am I going to live my life my way, self-willed? Am I going to follow the fleshly nature, or am I going to follow the Holy Spirit? We could go on and on and on with those thoughts. When we come to serve the Lord, am I going to live a life of obedience or self-will? You know what Satan tells us? If you live a life of obedience, you're going to be miserable. If you live a life and follow God, just look at those people at church. They're not happy. <laughs> They're frowning and dozing, and they're not happy to be there. They're, it's not a good life. Man, you need to live a life with me. And we say, well, that's, that's not Satan. That's just what... No, there, there's a choice there. There's, there's one or the other. We're either going to live a life of obedience, or we're going to live a life of self-willed. Here's another question to, to think about in our spiritual life. Am I going to be committed to spiritual growth? Am I, if I committed to spiritual growth, listen to what 2 Peter 3.18 says. It says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. You know what? Spiritual growth is not natural. It's not something we just we're walk the aisle one day, we pray to receive Christ, and we just start growing spiritually. It's a, it's a choice we make. And it's amazing to me sometimes when people say, you know, I just don't understand why this happens or why that happens. I don't understand God did this and why God does that. And they don't understand it, but they, they never read the Bible. They never pray about those things. They, they never commit to spiritual growth. And the Lord even said, how will people know unless they hear? And how will they hear unless someone goes? So we make those choices. Am I going to be committed to, to growing spiritually? 
We, we grow spiritually when we spend some time in God's Word. When we spend some time in the presence of God's people, we grow spiritually. When we go to Sunday school, we grow spiritually. When we hear a message, we go spiritually. When we go to a Bible study on Sunday night, we grow spiritually. Am I committed to that? Am I committed to say, you know what, I want to grow spiritually I seen something this week on Facebook. I'm a, I just glide through. I don't ever put anything or take anything off. One of you probably did this, and don't let your heart sink. I ain't going to be nothing ugly, okay? Oh, my goodness, I can't believe he's going to tell that. Somebody put something on here that said something like this. You say you want to spend an eternity with me, but you won't give me one day a week. Do you all remember seeing that, some of you all? That's a good thought, isn't it? You, you claim you want to spend eternity with me, but, but you, won't, you won't commit to me a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. You know, if we're committed to God, there, there's a commitment we need to make to spiritual growth. Am I saying you have to be here every week? Well, of course not. I'm not here every week. But we need to be here more than we're not, amen? Because, whoo, that went over like a lead balloon, didn't it? I'm not making that commitment, but it's true. I mean, a lot of times we, we, we throw God the leftovers, we say, okay, God, I'd rather do this, 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 this. Oh, I need to run by. I'll run by and make my appearance. But if we want to grow, we need to be committed to spiritual growth. That's a decision. That's a choice we make. Here's another choice. Will I live for myself or will I live for others? You know what the Bible teaches us? Whoever desires to come after me, the Lord said, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You know that our default choice is Our default choice is to live for self. You agree with that? I mean, if we get up and we just think, okay, I'm going to make a decision, 99.9% of the time, it's going to be for us. It's going to be about us. It's going to be me, 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 mine. I should have played that song, you know. Let's talk about me. (laughs) Enough about you. Me, mine, my, yours, all. Let's talk about me. I I read this about an actor. He was telling somebody about his admirers, about all of his accomplishments. He went on and on and on. And finally he stopped and said, well, enough about me going on about myself. What do you think about me? That's what we do sometimes. I mean, we we just, it's it's all about me. And we, we make that choice, are we going to serve others? Are we going to serve ourselves? Philippians 2, 3, and 4, Paul said this, Do not be selfish. Don't live to make good impressions on others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. That tastes horrible, don't it? We don't, that is not something I want to hear. Don't think about yourself, but think of others. It's better than yourself. Don't think about your own affairs, but be interested in the affairs of others and what others are doing. You know, today, some would say, well, you're preaching to the choir this morning. Well, the choir's here, so you've got to take what you get. But you know, every one of you here made a decision. You made a choice to be here today, didn't you? Does anybody here not have something they could be doing right now? I don't think there's a person here that that can't say, you know what, I could be doing this. I'm not going to ask you if there's anybody here that would rather be doing that because somebody passing by would think we went charismatic in here, and you know. But but you know, every one of us. Boy, I got up this morning, the sun was shining. Boy, it was a beautiful day, and I went outside and I thought, man, wish I could just hang around here today. I'm just being honest. (laughs) 
I, I, man, I'd like to stay home today. This would be a great day to be around the house. We finally got some sunshine. It's happy. It's, it's nice weather. Of course, it's going to be hot this afternoon. But you made a choice to be here. And I think sometimes people look and they, they make that choice. You know what? I, I, I'm not really worried about what others. I'm not really worried about going to... I, I'm going to take today and today's my day and I make that choice. Thank you for making the choice to be here this morning. The, the last thing I have this morning, will I live for culture or am I going to live for Christ? That's a choice we make. Am I going to live for the, the culture that we live in? I always think about this. When, when people look at me and when people look at you, do they see something different from the culture? Do they look at you and say, you know what? I worked for this person and I've worked for this person. I can't tell any difference. You know what, I've, I've hung around with this person and I hung around with that person and that person's lost that and I can't tell any difference. When we can honestly look at ourselves and say, can anyone tell me different from the world? We've made a choice. We've made a choice to live for our culture rather than Christ. <clears throat> Second Peter says this, excuse me, First Peter chapter 4, verse 2, as a result, he does, I'm starting right in the middle of verse 2 in the middle, as a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires. This is once they're saved. As a result of our salvation, we do not live for the rest of this earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. Then he says, living a life of debauchery, love, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, all of these detestable things. But once we receive Christ, no longer do we live for those things. We make a choice on living for those things. You know, to live for God is, is to grow in God. The worldly system pulls us away. Now, I read this list of things. Lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, detestable idolatry. I probably, probably most everybody here would say, well, I'm not in any of those things you just named. I hope you're not. But I thought about the... The, the little things that the world calls us to do. You know, there's a, there's a luring of the world. It don't have to be the, the huge, nasty stuff. There's a, there's a luring of the world that pulls us away from God. And it can be the smallest choice, but it can make a huge difference in all of eternity. I want you just to think about the people you know. I thought about a, a guy I went to high school with, and uh, we were riding motorcycles. We rode motorcycles all the time, and, and we had a little old track set up down into a creek and out, and we'd go down there and race motorcycles. Well, he got him a new motorcycle, Yamaha with that power band in it. If you all know what that is, you know. Some of them, them little YZ80s, they had a little power band in them, and you go so far, you hit that power band, it gives you a boost of strength. Well, he bought him a 125. He had a little YZ80, and he bought him a 125, and... And we rode, we rode with helmets on. Now, we didn't ride bicycles with helmets, and we didn't ride skateboards with helmets, but we did ride motorcycles with helmets because Mama said she'd kill me if I didn't, so it was death either way. So, so we did do that. Well, he got this 125 Yamaha, and he, he decided to go out and ride a wheelie. He just ran out to his garage. He jumped on it. He took off, and he hit that power band, and it flipped over backwards on him, and it didn't kill him. But you know what, today, that, that's been, y'all know how long I've been out of high school? Long time. Well, I graduated in 82, so you can count it up. 
To this very day, he sits in a wheelchair. That's all he can do. See, a choice. That quick. A choice. Just, just an, a breath. A choice. It, it can affect your whole life. You say, well, what does that have to do with following Christ? Well, I'm saying there's choices we make every day that affect eternity for all of us. In 1 Kings, and I'm closing with this, there's a story, and it's a great story. It's in chapter 18. You can read it this afternoon. But there's a contest going on, and it's between Elijah and all the prophets of Baal. And Elijah says, okay, we're going to settle something. We're going to settle this once and for all. If Baal is God, then you can serve him. And if God is God, then we'll serve him. And you know the story. If you haven't read it, go to 1 Kings chapter 18 and, and you can read the whole story. But look at what Elijah said. It says, Elijah stood in front of all this crowd and he asked this question. How long are you going to waver between two, two opinions? In other words, he said, how long are you going to ride the fence? How long are you going to live with, with one foot in this world and one foot in this world? How long are you going to waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow Him. But if Baal is God, then follow Him. And listen to what the Word says. But the people were completely silent. We make choice every day. And I want to ask you if you'd bow your heads, and I want you to give this some thought. This message today is primarily for Christians. That's kind of was the, the ideal behind this. Uh, and we have a, an incredible choice we make daily. When we get in our car to leave, we're going to choose to put a seatbelt on or not. Well, it's the law, okay? So you believe not putting your seatbelts on is sin? I believe because... God says we're to render unto the government what's theirs, and that's a law that we follow. We make that choice. We make a choice in the morning. Am I going to get up and go to work unless you're a school teacher and you're out? Am I going to get up and go to work tomorrow? Am I going to get dressed? Am I going to brush my teeth? Am I going to comb my hair? Am I going to take a, uh, take a shower? We make all of those little choices. But one little choice could change our destiny to change eternity. And I hope this morning you'll consider the choices that you make, living and dying with the choices we make. If you're a non-believer, let me rephrase that. If you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you know the Bible says that demons believe and they just shudder, they shake. Believing's not enough. It takes a commitment to Jesus Christ. It takes a, a prayer that says, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. I know I need forgiveness. And I ask that you would forgive my sins. I ask that you would come into my heart. And I repent. I turn from my sins. I turn from my old way of life. And I turn to a new way of life. If you've never made that choice, I want to ask you to consider that today. If the world is your God, then turn to it. If God would be your God, 
turned it. How long will you waver between the two? The Bible says this, no one comes to the Father unless he's drawn by the Spirit. I want you to consider this, as we have an invitation, if you feel the drawing of the Spirit, if you feel that urge within you, that's the Holy Spirit of God drawing you unto himself. If you've never made that choice, what a great choice that you can make. We're going to mess up. We're going to make some wrong decisions. But you know what? The best choice we can make is to say, Lord, I'm going to surrender to you. Father, I pray this morning again as we've looked at your word and we've seen your desire for us to make choices to serve you today, I pray it would be our choice to be committed to you, Father. Lord, I pray today if there's any here who today feels the calling of your spirit to accept you as a personal Savior, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't make a choice to turn away, but, Father, we would turn to you. I pray today, Father, through the power of Christians in this place that we might pray and that Satan would be bound from this place, that we would be about your business. Father, today I pray that we would decide to follow you. We would decide to be committed to you. We would decide to give you some time. How do you call me Lord, Lord, and keep not my commandments? Father, I thank you that those here today made a decision to be here. And Father, I pray today that we would be blessed with your word and your calling in this place. In Jesus' name.